everything's fine, I'm fine, but then eventually exploding because there's all this yeah. <laughs> stuff that I haven't been dealing with. Yeah. It right? Oh, we deal with it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why? Welcome to Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. And we want to say thanks for joining us today. And this week, we're going to continue our conversation on emotional intelligence. Last week, we started this conversation and we used the definition that emotional intelligence is the ability to recognize our emotions as well as the emotions of our spouse to distinguish between and label different emotions correctly and to use emotional information in order to respond in the appropriate manner. And last week we talked about emotional awareness and control and today, as I said, we're going to continue this conversation, but really be looking into and talking about emotional development. Mm -hmm, that's right. And we do want to give a quick disclaimer up front and mention that we're not talking about emotional intelligence in regards to the different theories, ac academic theories that on emotional intelligence or even uh, developmental theories. Right. This is not an academic discussion. We realize we're kind of using a buzzword, but we're, we're talking more so about what we've seen in our own personal experience mm -hmm. and in, in uh, coaching and mentoring right. others in what helps us to deal with our emotions mm -hmm. and grow and mature in that area yeah. so we can have fuller relationships. Right. And so just want to make that clear that this isn't an academic yeah. academic. Discussion. Yeah, we can't even say the word <laughs> academic properly, so <laughs> I think we're safe there. Oh, dear. But it is, as you said, this is really an important conversation to have. It's an important topic to discuss and unpack. And hey, that's what Marriage Talk is all about, is unpacking these things and just in a conversation-like way. And that's what we're going to do here today as we talk about emotional development. That's right. But before we jump into that, we have just returned from a staff conference. We got to go we to did. Whistler, BC and be there for a week and have... Well, it was staff conference. Got to see people on our team <laughs> that we don't usually get to see in person because we're spread right across Canada. Mm -hmm. And that was so nice to see in person. It's just not the... In person is just not the same as Zoom. That's it's better. Backwards. That's why. It's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so everyone is aware, it is better in person yeah. than, uh, than over Zoom. But... Anything stand out to you or anything that you remember from Whistler or the staff conference? Yeah, the the theme last year, uh, the theme was really focusing on Jesus, mm. uh, which seems so simple, but it, it really brings you back to uh, just such a foundational things about who Jesus is and, and our relationship with him. This mm -hmm. year, the focus was more on uh, the Holy Spirit and intercession, praying. Mm. It was very good. It's so encouraging to remind ourselves that it is God who does the work. Mm. He invites us in to it and we have to do our part and, and we do need to bring our best with, with everything, mm -hmm. but God does the work. He mm. makes those things happen. And so when we can pray, when we can realize that it's not all about us, but we're we're asking God for direction and for just the fruit of the Spirit and to be filled by Him and mm. surrender more and more to Him. It's just very refreshing. It's kind of like 
I don't have to fix the world. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus is going to use us, the Holy Spirit, God, they're going to use us to help bring healing and wholeness in the message of the gospel, Mm. but I can't fix anyone or or anything that's between them and God. Mm. I can just bring that information and bring them before the Lord. And so that's very freeing in lifting off some of that burden hmm. that sometimes we can feel when, yeah. when we see so much brokenness and we want to fix it. Right. Yeah. How right. about you? Yeah. So good. I mean, for me, I think we could turn this into the entire podcast <laughs> if I were to actually start unpacking all the notes that I, that I took and the things that I learned. There were so many good nuggets throughout the, our week there and, and that we had different speakers and, and guest speakers that had come in and, and would unpack things and, Every one of them, there was little pieces that took, but since we don't have the whole podcast, <laughs> we do not <laughs> uh, to, to share on on all those nuggets. One of the things that really stood out to me, and it was uh, again a reminder for me. I don't know if everyone out there, or if anyone out there, kind of does you know at the beginning of the year prays for a word or, or a Bible verse and, and tries to really focus on that throughout the year. Mine this year has been abiding Christ. And it was such a, a reminder to me this this past week in Whistler that that's where I need to be. I need to continue to abide in Christ every day. And I was reminded, and I was sharing this with one of our coworkers once. Now we've been on staff now for seven years, and I said, "Do you remember? Remember just starting out like in ministry and and with Family Life for us? Uh, that was our first step into vocational ministry yeah. and." Uh, leaving our careers and I said remember like you had nothing like you had nothing (laughs) but you and the Holy Spirit and and just this total dependence and like this is where God is leading me with everything that I have it doesn't necessarily make sense in my own mind and and whatnot but I'm trusting God because he's asked me to step out and to step into this ministry role with family life and and then seven years goes by and, and like it, it's strategies and it's how do you network and how do you build and, and, and move and get the name of family life out there more known. How do you connect with more people? How do you connect with more churches to help them build marriage ministries? And and all these things are really, really good. Mm-hmm, they are. And, and they're important for us. And I'm not saying that I'm going to stop learning how to do this and stop learning how to be a better leader and, and all these things. But it's just this reminder to me of of abiding in Christ, of going back to that first love of that just seeking God in prayer every day, throughout the day, through what does that look like in practical terms when we're also still called to work hard and we're trying to work hard and, and all the different to-dos lists or the goals that we've set, all these things, and they're still really important. I believe that we should set them. But we also need to be, you know, walking with the Spirit throughout them. And one of the comments that really, really stood out to me, and I think it stood out to a lot of people because there was other speakers that would share it from time to time. But it was, if we try to walk where we have not prayed, or if we try to work before we have worshipped God, then we will only be serving God in our own power. And that was a quote from, it was a, a book called Ministering to the Lord, Roxanne Brandt. But it, it was just this reminder of, do I start out my day in just this utter dependence? And as we prepare, even for this podcast, do we prepare in this a heart of worship? And, and anyways, 
that's a long answer. Maybe I am <laughs> turning this into my into the whole podcast. <laughs> we better move on. But that that's one of my takeaways. As I said, I had many. I had many, and I can talk about it because it really was such a refreshing moment and, and a refreshing week for me to uh to be there and so, so good. it was good it was good all right but hey let's let's jump into emotional uh intelligence what we want to talk about here today and really the main point or the final piece of it that we were talking about last week we left it over for this podcast is to talk about emotional development which is learning how to develop our understanding and management of emotions uh, really being able to recognize what's really going on inside of us and in the situation is going to help us grow in our emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and this might mean that we need to broaden mm. our emotional horizon. We we might need to do some maturing yeah. in order to develop. Yeah. Well, for me, you can take away the might 100%. <laughs> I need to do some maturing or have had to do some yeah. maturing. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're never done maturing. It just keeps on going. Yeah. But, you know, often in our adolescence, and even young adulthood and all those things, we, we think in terms of black and white, or at least mm. I know I did, right? Something is either all good or all bad. And so then I had to wrestle with the tension that no one is ever all good or all bad, except from God, obviously. Mm. Right. But in, in human terms, people terms, right? We have to wrestle with that tension that, that no one is ever all good or all bad. And That takes humility to be able to say, you know what, maybe I don't know what's really Mm. going on here and learning some new ways of thinking and evaluating. But what I found was that when, when I did do that, I was able to develop a deeper understanding of my own emotions and how I was interpreting Mm. a situation. A while ago, I heard this quote, and I don't remember exactly how it went or even who said it, and I couldn't find but it's good. it. It's really good. <laughs> yes, maybe I'm just making it up, but <laughs> no. the point of it was still helpful. And so the gist of it was that we must get past thinking that the only options is that something is good or bad. And we have to expand our kind of criteria, our thinking, to include. Is it good and I like it? Is it good and I don't like it? Is it bad and I like Mm -hmm. it? Or is it bad and I don't like it? Right? Just broadening our thinking, being able to honestly evaluate life and situations through a grid like that, that's going to help bring more awareness than simply it's good or bad. Mm. And then we have to look into, well, what's our criteria for what is good or bad? And that's something we have to really think about. For for us personally, we look to the Bible. We look to God's word to form our criteria for what's good or bad. But that kind of broadening, that maturing, I think helps in that development of of going past just the very simple Mm -hmm. evaluation. Well, it's interesting because as you're going through those different options it's like it's bad but i like it Mm -hmm. that takes honesty right and then (laughs) but why and and now am i going to actually do the work to unpack it or am i going to be like no it's bad so i'm just walking away but i'm really not walking away because actually i like it and so am i actually just 
kind of doing some workarounds on yeah, it. Yeah, or secretly or drawn to it. Secretly drawn to it or all of a sudden be like, nah, it's not that bad. And so we're justifying it because we actually like it. Like that's the one when whenever when you had first shared that with me, that list, I was like, oh, that's that's the one I like want to review in my life because yeah. if it's good and I like it, hey, that's all good, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if it's bad and I like it, it's like, uh-oh. And then if it's good and I don't like it, again, why? Like, mm-hmm. is that a personal conviction? Is that something's happened in my life? Or or is well, it just a personal preference? A personal preference. And, and, and then how can I navigate through that with other people that would evaluate it in a different way? So I like the more, the, the broader grid. It gives us that chance to really start digging into our own lives because at the end of the day and I think we've said this over and over again we can only change what we're responsible for and so if we're able to really dig into these things you're right and and ask what am I responsible for in the situation right like then suddenly we have the power to change to grow to confess uh, to be forgiven to yeah. seek God's word in in, in clarity uh, all those types of things and as you said, like this takes maturity, <laughs> which uh, we are, I believe too, like we're always maturing and growing, or at least I think we, we should be, we yeah. or should be striving to, I don't ever want to say I arrived because if I arrived, then I, I'm probably, miss, I, I would be missing something. And so, but a lot of this just takes that maturity and then the realization that, Hey, no one's perfect. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it just helps I think it just helps us just take that ah, that deep breath of sigh to say it like it's okay not to be perfect. You know, when we mess up, like it doesn't mean that I'm a mistake. Yes, I made a mistake, but it doesn't need to define me. And for me, that would be something that I've wrestled with in my life, that if I make a mistake, <laughs> not if, when I make a mistake, <laughs> it's like that becomes my identity for some reason. And then I identify as a mistake or like, or as a failure or as a failure. Yeah. Right. Like it it just eats away. We're realizing, no, I'm not a mistake. You know, just because I accidentally overcooked the, the, um, what did we have the other night that just didn't really turn out the brisket? Oh yeah. Uh, I feel so bad. I shouldn't even say that on the podcast. Anybody that smokes meat is like, what are you doing? But anyways, that really bothers me. Cause I'm like, I'm a failure. And it's like, no, let's look at reality. And reality is you've never done it before. It was learning. Our temperature gauge isn't really working right. I'm not trying to pass the blame here, but really, <laughs> you can help me out. You can. It's a- true. Admit. It's not accurate. <laughs> it's not accurate. And so a lot of the meat that I cook, it's on touch or it's on look or those types of things. And so I'm learning this new piece. But because of that mistake, I can really identify as a failure. And that's not true. Yeah. Uh, and it changes everything about you, right? Instead of being able to enjoy the meal, even though, yes, it's not how we wanted it. Yeah. It's like that feeling of like being down in the dumps and miserable and like can't um, engage, right? Like yeah. those kinds of things, because that feeling of, oh no, I failed, I'm a failure. It just can spiral us mm. down to yeah. unhealthy places so quickly. Right, yeah. Hey, if anyone wants to learn more about this or read up <clears throat> a little bit more, there's actually a really great blog by Dr. Julie Slattery. 
from authentic intimacy. We're going to put that into the show notes, uh, into our show write up, but it, she has a whole blog that helps develop this a little bit more and helps us start thinking like, I'm not the mistake. I'm not the failure. Well, and the, the blog is actually, it's, it's more about being able to say I was wrong. Oh, right. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it does cover some of these concepts, right? Even though that is the overall heading. So if you click on the link, you're, you've gone Drew, to the right sorry. place. Good it's catch. just it, it is it is about that process of like, what does it take to be able to say I was wrong? Right. Yeah, we left that part off on the podcast because I can't admit everything that I'm always <laughs> wrong. But uh, that but again that that has been a struggle in my life too. Just even being willing to admit to say the words I am wrong or that it was my fault, those types of things that has been a struggle. And anyways, right. That the blog does unpack that and it's really good. Yeah. And really, (laughs) and we've talked about this before, this, this goes back into that, like, are, are we just looking at the surface? Um, what's visible or are we digging deeper? Mm. Right. And so are we getting to the root issues because often it is something hiding below the surface. And in order to really understand that and grow, we need to expand our, our emotion database, right? <laughs> yeah. we, we, need to, we need to add some more to it, right? Yeah, and, upload some new files. Yeah, because there's one um, psychologist years ago, he came up with uh, something called an emotion wheel. And so the innermost circle, which which are the very common, easy to identify emotions, it only has seven, right? Happy, surprised, bad, fearful, angry, disgusted, and sad. The next ring, it has 41 emotions. And then the next ring outside of that, which is the last ring, has 84. Crazy. <laughs> That's a total of 132 emotions. Wild. Well, it, I didn't just, know that. <laughs> just the horizon of 132 versus 7. Yeah. Are we able to identify and work with all 132 or are we limited mm. to that 7 or even less, right? Mm. And this really matters because it affects how accurately we see the situation, how accurately we can even see ourselves and how we deal with it and, and process it mm-hmm. when we have so much more to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, as we've been learning about this a little bit more, one of the gentlemen that I mentor and walk with in life, we had a conversation and I brought up this wheel because we were just learning it. I was processing it, trying to understand how it works and and started talking with him about it. And it was so interesting because we were actually able to start on the outer side of the wheel and work our way inward to then really be able to get to the root. And I did it in my own life as well of, of like, okay, let me start looking at these other broader emotions, 84 of them to... to 132, well, actually. all of them. All yeah. of them was 130. <laughs> I'm just talking about the outer oh, wheel, okay. right? And then, and then it started working inwards. And for me, what I really found with this, it helped me to start keep asking the question, why? So why do I feel inadequate? Why do I feel this piece? I can't remember the inner circle piece. And then that actually led to fearful. Or why am I feeling fearful? And you work your way out and then you find like, oh, it's inadequacies and, and things like that. And that's what then the root cause. And so for me, working through this, it has really helped me to continue to ask myself why. 
why do I feel this? And then it leads me to another level. I'm like, okay, I can process that level or that emotion. Okay, so what's that tied to? Oh, that's tied to this emotion. So why is it like for me, it just kept bringing it. If you picture an onion, like peeling off the layer. (laughs) For me, if I worked from the outside in, going from the inside out, it's like actually adding a layer, uh, which would be adding maturity and adding the the growth in our emotional mm-hmm. development. It was just, it was fascinating to, to use it in like live action on the phone as I was mentoring this gentleman and then also my own life. Yeah, I, it was, it was very interesting as I've started to learn about it. Yeah. Well, if you think about what's the techie term it's not a dj but like like an audio engineer okay they're they're those techie people who record things professionally so they have the giant soundboard not Mm. the tiny little one that's got like you know three or four dials but it's it's got a ton of different options right and we can think about it that way do we want to be limited to the tiny little soundboard Mm. that that's only got you know three or four or seven dials to work with or do we want to expand to the whole soundboard where we get the full expansion to be able to work with Mm, and understand and enjoy right Right. we end up with fuller relationships when we are able to do this well to 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 understand it yeah well you know bring in the echoing effects bring in the sound (laughs) (laughs) no just kidding we probably don't want echoes going on yeah but it is it is paints that picture of and 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 using the audio piece it makes the audio more fuller if that makes sense right Mm -hmm. like it just brings a different dynamic to what we're hearing and listening to and i think that's what this is going to do in our lives as well it just brings another layer and another dynamic there and really i believe it kind of all starts to tie back to that emotional awareness piece which we actually talked about last week on the podcast yeah and for me i really that that was a an area i had to grow i had to learn how to evaluate my emotions right identify them and then deal with them instead Mm. of sweeping them (laughs) under the rug which was and still is my tendency i have to fight against that tendency to not just go to that right pretend that everything's fine i'm fine (laughs) but then eventually exploding because there's all this (laughs) stuff that i haven't been dealing with yeah oh we deal with it eventually (laughs) (laughs) oh why and uh, I needed to learn some new tools. And really, that's what we've been talking about today of that broadening the horizon, the, the un- deeper understanding, getting to the root, dealing with identity issues, and that, that it doesn't define me. All those things really help me with mm-hmm. awareness and development. How about you? Yeah, for me, uh, this is, I think I've shared it many times. Well, maybe many times. I've shared it before on the podcast, (laughs) I'm sure. But it's the continuing to work on my empathy. You know, I have made great strides in this, or at least I think I have made great strides in this. Yes, you've definitely improved. Okay, good. I was like, this is the part where you agree (laughs) with me. I felt that in my brain. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to say something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is like that that soft lob I'm putting over there and and you say something nice about Anyways, let's keep moving. You know, I, I feel like I have made great strides, but... 
but I also have to admit there are times in my life where empathy, I, I, I still lack that and, and I still need to work on it. And, and unfortunately, it really begins to show my lack of empathy really begins to show itself around family and trying to understand that. Um, so really, I needed to get past the inner circle on the emotions wheel and then go beyond those seven, uh, as I was sharing before, but also even Maybe I started out on the outside because it, it can help me identify something and I move down in, into the, the root things. Uh, so, so, yeah, for me, it has worked both ways. But the empathy, becoming aware of that uh, piece there. Uh, for some of us, um, emotional development, it's going to be more of a, a beginning to do better job of recognizing how our behaviors and emotions impact others. That was a great starting point for me, like how my emotions are actually affecting people around me, the conversations that you and I are having. Is it making you feel safe and, and inviting into a conversation or does mm-hmm. it make you you know, put up walls because I've closed doors and like in terms of like this is emotionally. Yeah, emotionally. Thank yeah. you. Not like going and closing a door in the <laughs> in the house, but like emotionally like pushing you away. Yeah. And so how is that impacting others? You know, for some it's looking beyond ourselves to the whole situation and everyone involved. Uh, for others, emotional development is going to be more about making changes with how we react and respond to the stressors in our life, which I think really, if we're able to identify the why, like, why am I responding this way? Why is this, uh, why am I reacting this way? Then I'm able to put in game plans and identify what I can do to combat that or to respond differently, to use a little bit safer language. Yeah, and and maybe some of us even just need to learn how to have a healthy conversation where Hmm. we don't always have to be right. Right, to kind of to check out our our ego at the door or to be able to handle criticism without getting defensive and and hurt or feeling like that emotion or that criticism threatens our identity mm-hmm. yeah this is like really timely I think in in my life as we are talking about this uh, such good reminders yeah. again uh, to how do we handle criticism how do we handle these things in a healthy safe way how do we just handle conversation in our family anyways yeah as we're sitting here talking about this this is uh, this one's for me. I really feel uh, this has been good. This has been good, but we better better keep moving on. And so, like, really, like, what does emotional intelligence look like in a relationship? Let's unpack that together. I think I think when people have emotional intelligence and they're using it, they're able to think win win, right? Mm. We, finding that solution where where we're both satisfied or we're both at content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's helpful if we're able to listen well to our spouse and to others, you know, not cut them off yeah. uh, in the middle of it, not jumping to conclusions. Like how often is someone telling us a story and then we'll just jump to a conclusion or they want to talk with us and we're already writing the narrative in our head, uh, staying open and receptive inside of a conversation, asking clarifying questions during the conversation, all those things would, would really help. Mm-hmm. I think being able to step back and evaluate or reflect before taking action asking ourselves why do I do what I do why do I think what I think or even why do I feel what I feel in this situation Mm. 
Here's something else that I think can help with our uh, emotional intelligence and, and what it can also look like inside of a relationship is able to take suggestions from our spouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to say it like that, right? Like all of a sudden we're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I was tracking with you until we got to that yeah. point. But like really, like think about this, right? Like are we able to take suggestions from our spouse to truly even to at least to consider the suggestion, not just to brush them aside side to be able to filter this through that grid that you talked about earlier you know is it good and not just for me but for all of us uh, do I like it is it good and I don't like it and why that is is it bad and I like it and it is bad and I don't like it and why is that again so kind of going through that grid that you had talked about Mm -hmm. that process it can be hard it can be much easier to just give in to that anger, or that frustration, or that irritability, to, to get huffy and just say, no, not take their suggestion. Or the other far extreme is to just instantly give in to what other people want all mm. the time, even though we might really disagree, but we're not willing right. to evaluate it and put ourselves out there and, 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 and engage in that. Mm. Because here's the thing, right? We all have blind spots and our spouse can and does see the world differently than than we do and so being able to hear their suggestions on things I think it not only helps us see things from a different angle or perspective but it can also help us even begin to understand our spouse a, a little bit more as mm-hmm. well yeah and having emotional intelligence I think involves vulnerability mm. right sharing our true feelings maybe we've dug down to to identify them but are we able to share them that 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 takes vulnerability and I think again this does come back to that emotional awareness piece that we talked about already a lot <laughs> but having that safety in our relationship where we can be vulnerable mm. we can we can share that and it's received and we're still loved and seen mm-hmm. that's a special thing but but it does take emotional intelligence yeah yeah oh, there's even being able to be humble in understanding that we have all these different emotions going on but also being humble knowing that we aren't always right and you know, a person that is emotional aware and developing these things also realize that they don't always have to be right. And and then they're able to, uh, you know, continue to, and I shared a little bit about this, of taking our spouse's suggestions, but we also are able to accept constructive criticism from yeah. whether it be our spouse or, or other people without, and here's, here's the the kicker that gets us all right but without making excuses or or blaming (laughs) others or or this one is getting defensive i'm really that's my thing right like is is to get defensive and but as i've developed in this and become more aware of what's going on in my own life i'm able to handle constructive criticism without becoming defensive uh, without blaming others with being able to see my side or or not my side like what i've contributed to (laughs) to things right And, and then being being able to take responsibility and and that's a big one there like as we develop in this area I, I think we are able to take more responsibility when these things are being shared with us because they're not going to send us down a tailspin they're not going to we're not going to feel like we are a mistake or that we are a failure mm-hmm. we may have made a bad decision or said something poorly but that doesn't define me but it was how I responded like I hope that like 
I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And then the next piece after being able to acknowledge we made a mistake is being able to move on, right? And and not get stuck there. Mm. Again, going back to the, well, because I made a mistake, I am a mistake kind of thinking, but being able to say, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I'm going to make it right as much as I can. I'm going to work towards not doing that again. And I'm going to move on so that I'm not dragging this baggage around with me. Mm-hmm. And another one which again, this is one I struggle with, being able to say no when we need to, right? But if we're, if we're a people pleaser, if we like harmony and everybody getting along, it can be hard to say no. Mm. But having that emotional intelligence and maturity and developing, we realize that, you know what, sometimes it's good and appropriate to say no. Mm-hmm. Totally. Now, after that great big list, <laughs> we might be tempted to like jump into the deep end and like <laughs> become emotional intelligence Einsteins, yeah. but like everything. Or just squish it all away and just not deal with any of it. Like, that's too much. True. I ain't doing anything. That like, <laughs> so, ain't never going to get there. <laughs> overwhelming. I'm going to stick with my tiny little soundboard. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I like my two dials. I'm yeah. just sticking with my two dials. Yeah, but there is a ditch on either side right of of healthy right Mm. so if healthy's in the middle in the one ditch people with really low emotional intelligence or or skills in that area they do research shows they do tend to get into more arguments they have lower quality relationships and they have poor emotional coping skills but then if you jump over to the other ditch some research shows (laughs) that people who have very high levels of emotional intelligence, they might really struggle to give that negative feedback because they're afraid that they're going to hurt other people's Mm. feelings because they're so aware of the feelings, (laughs) right? And they also can have a tendency to be more easily manipulative Mm. or even deceptive Mm -hmm. because again, they're so aware of it that they can more easily access it and use it to their own advantage negatively against someone else which isn't good and so we want to go for healthy in the middle not falling into the ditches (laughs) no no trying to stay down the center there and and, you know emotional healing it it might be needed before we can work on emotional development and intelligence that that might be a part in our lives that we need to go through is some emotional healing Uh, when we have a festering wound it's really hard to work on growth and development now we do believe that God is the ultimate source of that healing, but it's a process and we also believe that we're all on a journey. You know, forgiveness, honesty about our pain and brokenness, dealing with issues of identity, purpose and meaning in life, it'll help us to deal with and really to heal from emotional pain or trauma that that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, some research it shows that when we experience a trauma as as a child or youth or even into our adulthood, when we experience a trauma, we can kind of get emotionally stuck there. And our emotional development, it can it can actually be stunted. And so there is uh, an interesting article on gotquestions.com. We'll include the link, but it really talks about that emotional healing, helping us with God's help. God's given us instruction in his word, but how to work through or begin working through some emotional healing because yeah, we we can't grow if we're wounded and kind of stuck there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There we have it. 
where we have been able to walk through emotional development, well, at least a little bit. That's a lot, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that, that has been a lot of information and and hopefully though a, an impactful conversation and, and there's things that people have been able to take from it or or even just say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to go this route or like I'm I'm going to make one degree change here or yeah. I'm going to I'm going to print off that feelings wheel and I'm just going to I'm going to evaluate it. I'm going to sit on it. I'm going to think about it and, and process like, what, what is this? What does this look like in my life? I, again, you know, we're not solving everything here. No, at, and we can't. At all. No, <laughs> we can't. And, and we're just, we're just trying to have conversations together and help everybody process some things. Those are some things yeah. that we've been learning about emotional development. And as always, we have a few questions at the end of our podcast here to help us all process some of this information and even even just work through what we've talked about and not just oh hear it and move on. But we hope that these questions are helping everybody to process what mm-hmm. they've heard. Critically think it through. To critically think it through. Uh, and, and so here are the questions that we have uh, for us all here today would be, how would you rate your emotional intelligence and why? And what areas of emotional intelligence would you like to grow in? Again, we just want to say thanks for listening uh, with us this week and we'll talk with you next week. Bye.